Welcome to the Bill Cartwright Show. Um, I'm on with a great guest today, um, former University of Arizona player, New York Knicks player, uh, good friend, great guy, Mr. Larry Demick. Larry, great to have you on. Hey, thanks a lot, Bill, for having me on yourself and Steve. No problem. Thank you. You know, um, this was really interesting. Now, you're from Gary, Indiana. Is that right? That, that's correct. Um, I grew up there. Um, I went to high school there. Um, so that is kind of the original birthplace there. It was about 30 miles outside of Chicago. Because there's the reason I asked that, because there's so many great players from Gary, and I didn't realize that. It just it just keeps coming. Well, you, you know, the, the city itself is, uh, you know, it was always a manufacturing blue-collar city. And sports was always a, you know, avenue for a lot of, you know, youth to um, participate in. So, you know, you kind of you kind of had a mixture of uh, basketball, football, baseball, as well as track, you know. Um, you know, so literally, you know, kids participated in all the sports all the time there. And it was you know, extremely competitive. I mean, you had the crosstown rivals. Um, we were 30 miles out. Outside of Chicago, so we played a lot of Chicago teams. So it was a, it, it, it was it was a great experience, you know. Yeah. Plus, plus you had the Jackson Five from there too. Plus, you had the Jackson Five. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, were you a sports kid growing up? Did you or did you play different sports? Well, you know, I I tried baseball, um, though I was challenged to hit that ball. I mean, that's <laughs> the easiest thing to do though people may think it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, as I grew, it was obvious that, you know, basketball was going to probably be you know, something more, you know, geared toward me. And, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of travel teams like they do now. It wasn't as organized. You, you literally went out to the courts and just played against, you know, obviously guys that were a little older and, you know, um, that were playing at the varsity level. So it was it was kind of a thing of ascending, of a, a to the point where you were able to play on the varsities and stuff there so it was uh it was it was a, it was an outside sport really <laughs> at the time except during the winter months and uh, uh and then in the, obviously in the summer months you got a chance to play like I said, a lot out on the course and stuff yeah now did you have a great coach or mentor that kind of worked with you in your game yeah you know um i, I was a i was pretty lucky um you know even through grade school you know um, I played on our fifth and sixth grade team. We had, you know, good coaches there. And as I got into uh, junior high school, I had uh, my uh, junior high coach got a um, Bill Page. And um, I played a little football, actually, believe it or not, you know, one season. And then um, as I got ready to go to uh, uh, high school, I played for a guy named Coach Ike Brown. He, he passed away about a year or so ago and um, was a great coach. Um, he had been a, uh, uh, he's an iconic figure there in Gary, Indiana. And, you know, he's had a lot of athletes, you know, come through uh, our high school Gary West side. And he certainly himself and a gentleman named Coach Johnny Barnes, who was assistant coach there, you know, they ran a great program and they, they really did a, did a good job for a lot of the kids that came through there. And, you know, not just when they were in high school, but they've always, reached out to him, you know, after high school, which really meant a lot. And, um, um, and, and it was something that, you know, you certainly appreciate, you know, through the years to have, you know, good mentors like that and good coaches, you know. So as you're looking for your college, 
how in the world did a guy from Gary get to Arizona, especially in Tucson? Well, you know, I don't know what you know about the uh, area back there, but it gets cold. <laughs> and, yes, and I do Indiana, know. And, and we're, like I said, we're 30 miles from Chicago, so you, you got that Lake Michigan breeze also. <laughs> and, and to be quite honest, I mean, that, that was a, a main factor, but, you know, I, I visited some schools in the Midwest area, and um, uh, I, I know Iowa was one, and I, I believe I went up to Cincinnati. Um, and so, it, you know, there were some schools I visited, but after I took the trip to Tucson, you know, I said to myself, you know, this is, it's, it's pretty nice out here. <laughs> and, you know, all things considered, you know, um, if I can get over hoping not being homesick, I, I thought it was a, a great choice as well. It was a good school academically, obviously, um, at that time. I mean, it wasn't, we weren't in the Pac-10 yet, but you know, we're in the Western Athletic Conference. And, and I thought after meeting a lot of the, the guys there, I, I said, this, 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 could, this could work for me. And so the decision was made. Now, who was the coach? Fred Snowden. Yeah, uh, Fred was from uh, uh, Detroit, Michigan. He coached at the University of Michigan, I believe, under Dave Strack. And I believe what happened was when uh, Dave Strack was offered the athletic director's job at Arizona, he actually, I think, coach came with him, and he became, you know, uh, the coach at the University of Arizona. Yeah. You guys had some pretty good players on that squad when you got there, didn't you? Yeah, you know, um, Al Fleming um, was there, Bob Elliott. Wow. Um, and Harris. I mean, these, were some, these guys were players, man. The guy, Lynn Gordy. You know, they had some great teams. Gary Harrison was there. So, um, there was a lot of great players already. Um, so, obviously, I kind of had to wait in line a little bit. <laughs> and, um, but, but, but uh, the, you know, that my freshman year, we did, we made it all the way to the uh, West Regional Finals, and uh, we lost to UCLA that year. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you feel like you learned or, or were you just developing physically and uh, who really helped you the most when you were there? Well, you know, that, it's been a combination of, a, uh, of Coach Snowden, obviously, um, who, you know, obviously has, has passed away and, you know, a lot of the assistant coaching staff and, but it was kind of the level of competition that we had amongst the players that were there that, that really helped me develop a lot, man, over the years. And, and um, uh, we had a lot of great players around there. And, and um, so the, the practice sessions was, was certainly intense. And, and I, I just found that, you know, playing against that type of competition for that longer period of time, I, I got better, you know, and, and obviously that, you know, helped me down the line. Now, as you're leaving school, uh, you've, you've left school, you graduated, yeah. and now you're going to get drafted. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Are you, do, do you feel well, like you're, you're you know, going to be a high draft pick? What are you thinking? You know, I, I didn't know, Bill, to be quite honest. And, and, um, and you know, I, I, I got drafted. I played in the all-star tournaments, you know, with they, with, with which they have after which usually runs during the, um, the, the NC2A finals. You had the Coaches All-American. You had the uh, uh, Loa Classic. You had the Pizza Hut Classic. You had a lot of these tournaments. So I fared pretty good in those. And, and you know, when it comes to the draft, no one knows. I mean, you know, teams change at the last minute. And, 
you know, um, I was fortunate, you know, to get drafted by the Knicks and I was extremely happy, you know, and I, at that point, obviously I met yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so as you get a draft, you get drafted by the Knicks and, um, and we know it was, a uh, um, really young group. As a matter of fact, was, I think there was five of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that came in that season along with Jeff Houston, uh, Hollis Copeland, uh, Sly Williams, <laughs> and, and we know Sly's a character. Um, what were you thinking coming in? And you know, we had a great coach with Red Holzman. So, what what were you thinking? Well, you know, I, I was happy to be part of the organization. I mean, the Knicks were obviously a story, uh, a fairy tale um, uh, um, organization, storied organization uh, through the years. I mean, the great players that have played there, the championship, and New York City. You know, without a doubt. I mean, so I, I was excited, man. I was excited. You know, it was. It, you know, you, you find out once you get there, you know, it, it, it truly is a business, you know, regardless of what a lot of people say, it's, it's, it's a business. It's a business. Your job is to win games. <laughs> That's what your job is. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about that first year and uh, what, what was it like for you? What was training camp like? I know I was there, but uh, talk, <laughs> talk about it. You know, um, unlike college, you know, uh, you figure you got 30 games and you're out, you know, or 25 or whatever the case may be, you know, 30 games. And what was that? I was about a month and a half <laughs> and you're still going. And, 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 and being in training camp, you know, two a day workouts. And, two a days. Oh, you know, man. And, 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 you know, Coach Holzman, you know, he, 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 he certainly believed in making sure you were in shape you know, before you played, you know, without a doubt. And, you know, one of the things that was uh, I didn't realize it was the exhibition season. I didn't realize, you know, I don't know what it is now because I don't follow it as much, but it seemed extremely long. You know, <laughs> it was. It was a month. Yeah, it was a month of exhibitions. So you know, it was, was kind of like, man, we're going from from place to place and all these cities and stuff, and and we haven't even played the NBA game yet. So you know, I, I found that interesting. I found that quite interesting, and and you, you kind of got a chance to play against the established pros as well as players like yourself that were obviously trying to make it in the league and get into the league. So it was kind of a, it was, it was an interesting experience, man. You know, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. And, you know, once you're out, you know, you always treasure stuff like that, you know, no matter how it went for you. And I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was, that was something I'll always remember, man. Hey, let me ask you about, um, I, I remember who was I really impressed with was my first game against Daryl Dawkins because uh, I was a little nervous and I, you know, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> and I, I can remember Daryl, Daryl walked over to me and, and looking at me and telling me, ah, don't worry about me. I'm not that tough. So I'm thinking, <laughs> does he know I'm really this scared to play out here? <laughs> so in your first game, who did you, who were you really impressed by? Well, you know, um, you know, kind of playing that power forward position, we played the Bullets quite a bit. And, you know, I obviously I watched Elvin and Wes on TV, um, and I, I, I thought Elvin Hayes was a great player, man. I, I thought that guy at the power forward position, he, you know, had all the moves, had all the shots, you know, um, and, and was really, a, was really a, a good established pro. And obviously I think they had won the title like two years earlier. So I, in my opinion, I thought he was one of the you know, um, better power forwards as well as, you know, uh, Dan Roundfield, who I thought was another great power forward. It was out of that Michigan area. Um, so I, I thought those were great, great players, man. 
Yeah, and I remember Doc was in the league at that time, and I I, I think he was one of our first games. So yeah, we had yeah, Doctor J's on the floor. We're like, wow, Doctor J's <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was a phenomenal talent, man. I mean, you know, that's that. I guess when you get to that level, you 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 have those guys that are just really that good, man. I mean, they 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 can just do phenomenal things with the basketball, and and um. That was amazing, and and like I said, I, you know, I was it was an experience I I, I cherished, I enjoyed, and and I, I I certainly appreciate the opportunity of getting there to play, without a doubt. It was a really special time, and we, and we should have, and we should add we did have Earl Monroe on our team. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, the guy was a legend <laughs> at the time. I mean, at that time they had won two titles in New York, and um and um and and you know it, it was great. You know, I, I think one. I want to say maybe one road trip. I think Red had me room with him for one road trip, maybe a couple of them. And um, but yeah, just talking to Earl, you know, you get a lot of the knowledge of what was going on through the league, and you know, and, he, and, and being a, a, a veteran like he was, he's able to talk to, you know, someone like myself and give you ideas on, you know, you know, the do's and don'ts of being in the league, and certainly that certainly helped. So you played for the Knicks for three years, yeah, and. Tell us what happened after that. Um, uh, after I got out of the league, obviously I, I, I wanted to play more and um, uh, I tried out for a couple NBA teams and then I elected to go over and play in Italy. I did about a half year over there and I played in the Philippines and I did a little time in Spain. Um, and I came back and I was uh, still obviously trying to play and get back into the NBA. And I, I was with the uh, Detroit team. I think they're defunct now, that CBA team they had. And I played down in Puerto Rico with, with Coach Herb Brown, who, who did who really helped me out a lot. You know, I mean, he, you know, um, you know, helped me work on my game and stuff down there. And um, you know, after that, I I, I left there. I, I believe that I had a couple more tryouts. I think my last trial was with Golden State, and um, uh, didn't work out obviously. And at that point, I said, you know, I've kind of given it the best shot, and you know, I have no regrets here. I certainly appreciate the career I've had. And I thought it was that time. I said, you know, let me move on to another phase in life. And I was just going to say, what was that like? I mean, it, it had to be painful at the time and it a big adjustment, right, for you to walk away. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. At 28 years old, I, you know, you, you kind of feel that you can still play. But, you know, you, you got to look at it and say, you know, in life, you got to make decisions. Um, um, and you can you have to make a decision that, well, what are my chances if I can get on with another team or make another team versus is it time now to start a career in the business world? And, and, um, and I, I thought it was time for me to start one. And I, I had no regrets on it. And, you know, I, I kind of um, would still follow the NBA, follow the league and stuff. But, you know, as you kind of get on, you get a little more busier in your world and your life and stuff like that. And, and so that that was it, you know. I, I kind of uh, moved on and and um, enjoyed it, and you know, I got the memories of pictures. And every now and then, I can talk to good friends like Bill Cartwright, and I'm I'm okay. <laughs> and, and do you think that's the key, though, is to make a decision and do the best you possibly can to make it work? And you know, like Satchel Paige said, like don't look back, right? Absolutely. You know, at some point, you you all you have to do that. You know, I mean today's league, you know, I, you know, I look at the salaries and stuff and, and they're incredible. They're fantastic. So, you know, maybe they're moving on makes it a little easier <laughs> you know, 
but you know, I mean, at that time, you know, it was it was obvious that you know, um, um, uh, it's going to come a time where you're going to have to look at another career and stuff, and and it, it, you have to make that decision. It's a tough one because if you think there are times where you think you can still play, you probably can, but you you got to look down the road and say, you know, what is what is realistic and what is not realistic, and 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 um, I elected to, you know, go into another um, field, and I, I've had no regrets on it. And what what was that field? I went into technology sales and I, I have verticals of the education and the, and the government and I've been selling to them, you know, technology equipment for the last 30 plus years. And it's, it's been rewarding. I, you know, um, worked for a couple companies, maybe two or three companies and, and it's something I, I, I've absolutely enjoyed. You know, I've met a lot of great people and developed a great network of people and, um, and still found time to get to some NBA games when I got a chance. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask Bill a question, even though Bill is the host. But what was, could you relate to that, Bill? Like whenever you left the NBA after 16 years, but of playing, but what was that like for you? It's always hard, right, to, to leave something you've done your whole life. Well, I think that it's something that it is hard because you – you're playing basketball. Basketball is a full-time job. So to be able to make that switch and not play uh, is is a usually big deal because as Larry will tell you that basketball becomes your whole life. Starts in high school. It's in college. This is what you do. This is who you are. And to be able to make that switch. So um a lot of guys find it really hard. Now, Larry, did you find it hard, not only uh, mentally, but physically, because you're getting ready to play? So what did you feel like when there's no training camp? What does that feel like? It's weird. I, I, I'll be the first to admit it's weird. Literally every September, October, the body, you could feel it saying, uh, you know, nope, there's no there's no playing this year, my friend. No training camp. It's like, where, where's the pain? Where, where, where is it? So, I mean, you, you know, I was, I, like I said, I would play you know, around LA and pick up games and stuff like that, but you know, nowhere at the level of, of, of the NBA. I mean, you, it, it's kind of like, you know, even the greatest athletes, you know, and a lot of guys stay in really good shape, but NBA shape is something that's special, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just a phenomenal conditioning. And, and um, um, so, you know, obviously I was never able to get in that type of conditioning in, but I, you know, certainly try to obviously keep yourself in decent shape, but it, it, it certainly was a, it's a weird feeling, you know, when, when the fall comes and you're not heading to a camp or something like that, it's, it, it's certainly a weird feeling. And, and it was one that, you know, I, I don't know if you ever really get used to it, but you do the best you can, you know? Yeah. So um, you were really very fortunate that you were able to recreate yourself and now, did you have anybody, any one particular person really help you and guide you? Or did you kind of know what you wanted to do? I, I started interviewing um, um, after I, my last tryout, I think it was like I said, it was Golden State. And I, I met a guy, you know, after about my third interview, his name was Mike Murray. And he was a district manager for a company, Harris Lanier. And I met him and he was a sports fanatic and we got to talk and obviously saw what my resume was. And he said, you know, I, I think you'll be good at this job. And he gave me a shot at it. And um, I was able to get on board and 
I had some great sales managers. I had a guy named Dustin Leninger, a guy named Tracy Riddle. They were great sales managers. There's just a host of a lot of people, you know, uh, kind of assisted me there. Now, and, and Lanier was a great company. Um, Harris Lanier eventually became Lanier. It was a great company, you know, out of Atlanta, you know, really great leadership there. And I was able to build a career there, you know, bottom line. And, you know, and they themselves kind of associated themselves with sports. I mean, we had uh, sponsorships with the Clippers and, and there was a big golf company and a lot of, a lot of golf sponsorships. So that helped a lot. And then I basically took up golf and that even helped more. (laughs) That was fun. You know, but, uh, you know, we would, you know, like I said, we had sponsorships and I think a couple of times when I was so excited when I saw you get traded to, uh, to the Bulls, I'm like, my buddies with Michael Jordan. Oh my God. <laughs> so you, you would come to LA a couple of times. I know I tried to run you down and had a chance to chat with you. So it, it worked out, you know, things worked themselves out, man. You know, that's, that's the way I look at it. I mean, we all, you, 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 just, you can't put your head in the sand. You got to hold it up. And no matter what the circumstances are, you got to believe that there's always something better. You just got to reach out for it though. You may be lose, leaving one career, there's another one there for you, but you, you, you got to put yourself out there, you know? You know, Larry, you were, you were always such a team guy. And I always equate sports with working in corporate America because you've got to be such a part of a team. Did you feel like that because you, you're such a team guy and you understand those dynamics? Did that help you in your career? You know, and, and that's a great point, Bill. You know, going into sales, you know, um, it, it's a lot like sports. I mean, you, you have teams and, and you, 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 though you all have your own personal goals, but, you know, you're always competing against, you know, other, you know, rival um, uh, sales companies. So it was a lot of that. And, 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 um, and, and a lot of my background in sports helped a lot. It really did. You know, um, I mean, to be quite honest, you know, it never hurts, you know, if you're going on an appointment and, you know, they, they realize that you're a former ex-NBA player. So. <laughs> It certainly helps from time to time, you know. I can certainly appreciate that, and and um, uh, but 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 a lot of the competitiveness, the, the, the a lot of the sacrificing for the team, you know, um, it, it, it certainly was something that those are characteristics that, in my opinion, you know, kind of enabled me to make that transition, you know, and um, and, and still feel competitive, and and uh, uh, like I said, when I took up golf, that really helped a lot because you kind of understanding a little bit more about really how the business world works and the business world a lot revolves around golf. I hate to say it, (laughs) you know, a lot of people played it. A lot of companies have tournaments in their sponsorships and fundraisers and stuff. So, you know, I I thought that really helped me out a lot, certainly. So after um, all these years, uh, now you're in corporate America, you decide to go back to school and finish your degree. I think that's amazing. Well, you know, I, I was really blessed going to University of Arizona and I, I met some fantastic people and there were some excellent um, supporters of the university. I don't want to just say boosters, but they were supporters of the university. And I, I kept in contact with a lot of them through the years. And there was one gentleman in particular and he recently passed away. His name was Mr. George Khalil. Um, and he ran Khalil Bottling Company. And through the years, he would, whenever U of A would come over, he would always give me a call and say, hey, what are you doing? I said, nothing. You want to come down to the game? I said, sure. He said, well, remember that record you had? I said, well, 
Mr. K, I didn't have a lot of them. He said, well, that one you had, it's going to get, it's going to fall tonight. <laughs> so, so he took great pleasure in telling me that all the time. So anyway, you know, he, he reached out to me back in 2015 and he said, hey, listen, um, you know, I know you never finished, but uh, we've got a program here that, you know, maybe you might want to consider in getting your degree. And, he, you know, long story short, you know, he told me to contact some people and eventually I was able to get on board. And it took me about, about two and a half years, you know, only because I only could take maybe two classes a semester. You know, obviously I'm right. working this stuff. And, um, and eventually it happened. You know, in 2018, my advisor, I never forget, she said in, in uh, like, I want to say maybe February, she said, well, you need to apply for graduation now. And I was like, really? <laughs> and that was exciting, man. I mean, I thought I would never hear those words. And, 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 uh, cause I wanted to graduate from the U of A, you know, I mean, obviously you could go to school out here, you know, use some of the fantastic, you know, uh, uh educational resources out here, but I, I really wanted to graduate from the university of Arizona and, and that, and with the online learning now, um, it, it became possible. It became a, a, a realistic. So I went back for the graduation. I, I had a great time, man. <laughs> How did and how did people look at you? You know, what I mean, you were older than the average graduate. I was older than all of the graduates. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're being nice, Steve. I was older than all of the graduates. <laughs> you know, we had a, we went to, we went to the we had a dance in the room, and um uh and I'm looking at all of these young graduates. I'm sitting there saying to myself, oh, so this would would have been like. <laughs> And it was like two other guys that were, we were about the same age. They were ex-athletes also. One was in, I want to say swimming, and another one might have been in golf or something like that. And so we basically hung around each other. <laughs> we, all, we had light conversations. <laughs> I think it's a lesson for people, right? Like you technically didn't need to graduate. You were very successful in your career. And what is what example do you think you're trying to set by saying, hey, it's better late than never and good news is never late right well I, I i would say that you're right i didn't have to just go and spend that time two and a half years studying trying to graduate but if you're given an opportunity it's nothing wrong with taking advantage of it because at the end of the day you, you get to put on your wall i finished here's my degree you know what hey i did it for four years or whatever how long it takes I got that paper, you know, and I, and, and I just think that's important. If, 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 if you're given an opportunity and, 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 and you can get it, then I think it sets an example of perseverance for yourself. And if you have any um, um, family or, you know, kids coming up or, or um, nephews or cousins, whatever the case may be, that's an example that, hey, you know, he did, he, he completed the full circle not just the plane and stuff like that, but you connected the educational component also. And, um, and, I, and I think it's just important, I, I do. Larry, how's, how's your family? Family's doing well, family's doing well, you know, family's doing well. I'll, I'll talk about your kids a little bit. Okay, yeah, um, I, my, my son um, is finished at, he finished at Howard University. Um, I had another son that actually, you know, uh, attended the Navy. And both of them are doing well in their life and stuff right, right, right now. And I've got some grandkids. <laughs> okay, how many? <laughs> how many grandkids? Five grandkids. So, uh, so, 
they're all fine and and um and my wife Cameron she's doing real well and um, so we're, we're we're happy we're a little hunkered down right now because of the pandemic but you know we're trying to stay safe and and hopefully you know we can this vaccine to come and and we can all get back to normal one day yeah well, Larry, I am very, very pleased we've had you on. Uh, you're such a great person. Um, such a great friend. Uh, I just really appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you very much. And we just wish you all the luck in the world, especially with those great kids. By the way, I have seven myself, so I understand. Uh, but thank you very much for being on. Uh, we do appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys also. It, it, I very much appreciate it. I, I'll follow your podcast. And, and Steve, it's a pleasure meeting you. You know, yeah, and, and Bill, I, I certainly I didn't watch every all your all of your games in NBA, but I caught the playoffs, buddy. <laughs> so I, I, I was right there when you and Mike and Scotty and the gang, and, and you know, I was certainly pulling for you there. You know, so uh, congratulations on that and congratulations on that fantastic career you had in the NBA. Thank you, sir. All right. And we'll, we'll catch up soon. Okay. All right. You guys have a great day now.